0: FREE VINCE LOMBARDI mouse PADS! This time last week, I wasn't sure where NFL players came from. I just assumed that they're genetically engineered, grown in a lab adjacent to the cloned sheep and killer tomatoes. I mean, no normal human can run that fast, or hit that hard, or actually believe Jesus helped them catch a football, right? The reason I wasn't sure where NFL players came from was because it never occurred to me to find out. Sure, a quick Google search could tell me, but a quick Google search could also tell me where to find far more interesting things, like pancake recipes, Star Trek trivia, and boobies. A slightly more involved Google search would even find Star Trek boobies pancake recipes. That sounds pretty delicious, actually. All that said, I wasn't opposed to learning more about the NFL. Generally speaking, I am an inquisitive person. There are a few things in this world that I am wholly disinterested in. I don't care much for celebrity gossip, I find the fashion world boring, and, oh right, now that you mention it, professional football is actually one of those things I am wholly disinterested in. Well, shit. So, when an opportunity to attend the 2012 NFL Draft presented itself, I said, eh. Then, when my friend said it took place in Radio City Music Hall, I said, oh, architecture! I like architecture, let's go! The NFL Draft is quite the big to-do. It's a three-day, seven-round affair wherein 32 NFL teams choose from a pool of hundreds of potential players for the coming season. This all takes place in a beautiful Art Deco-style theater designed by Edward Durrell Stone in 1932. I am fairly certain I was the only one there for the architecture. For those of you who don't know how the NFL draft works, me, seven days ago, basically the worst team in the league gets to recruit a player, and then the second worst team gets the next pick, and so on, until the team that won the Super Bowl, which I'm told this year was from New York, so go New York, gets the last choice. After all the teams choose, the process repeats itself six more times over the course of three days until everyone is bored to tears. Obviously, it's far more complicated than that. There are trades within trades, there are teams that trade their position in the draft this round for a better one next year, there are backdoor deals, frontdoor deals, pinky swears, truffle shuffles, red light green lights, truth or dares, Ouija boards, spin the tail and the tank carters, actual player name, magic eight balls, and spin the bottles. But you get the idea. Now, to be clear, I went on the third and final day of the draft. By day three, things are lower stakes. I'm trying to figure out what the nerd equivalent of day three of the NFL draft is. I think it would be like going to see Star Wars on opening weekend, but not on opening day. Sure, there are fewer people dressed up as Darth Vader, but it's still sort of a big deal. In a way, only the real diehards are still in it by day three. If you're sticking it out for all three days, you're in it for real. You're the guy dressed as Ponda Baba who gets his arm cut off by Obi-Wan in the cantina. Ponda who? By Wan? In the where? Exactly. All that said, day three is still madness. Even though we arrived at Radio City an hour after the doors opened, the line was still almost a block long. Craziness. Once inside, it was no less crazy. Radio City was packed to the gills with football fans and football jerseys clamoring for football merchandise. To attendees, the draft is almost secondary to the distractions surrounding it. Sure, there are 300-pound behemoths being given multi-million dollar contracts on a stage around the corner, but outside in the lobby, they're giving away stickers! Oh, the Vince Lombardi Trophy! Ooh, a free pen! Once you get past all the distractions, you can settle down and enjoy the actual draft. Well, enjoy might be putting it charitably. The draft itself is actually pretty boring. Each team gets five minutes to make a decision, at which point they announce who they've selected, and then the next team gets five minutes to make their decision. This goes on until... seven rounds, 32 teams, carry the two... until the heat death of the universe. During the initial rounds of the draft, the players being drafted are actually there. The team's owner makes the announcement, and the drafted player walks up on stage in their tailored suit and proudly holds up the jersey of the team that just nabbed him. Pictures are taken, the audience applauds. Next pick. By day three, draft picks are being inexplicably announced by old ladies to a smattering of applause and booing. It's still a show, though. And goddamn, that is some nice architecture. All in all, whoever is running the NFL is a genius. They've taken a sport that has 32 teams who play 16 games a year and have somehow stretched it into a year-round event. It's brilliant. It's diabolical. It's practically an art. They craft these narratives for the players, for the teams. They talk about legacies and rivalries between teams that haven't played each other in literally years. For decades, the draft was a private affair. It took place in a conference room in a hotel in Philadelphia. In 1980, they started televising it and haven't looked back. I do not think I'll be looking back on the draft either. I stayed for a round of picks, I got the gist. I got my picture taken with the Super Bowl trophy, I got a button. I still don't care about football, but at least I now know where NFL players come from. Well, I know where Tank Carter comes from. He's from Texas. Yeah, that seems about right.